Hello, welcome to Chesbro Baptist Church's podcast. Couple things to let you know. I know last episode I said that was the last soul repair episode. Well, it wasn't. We got some more. Uh, I do apologize for that. I'm trying to crank these podcast episodes out to get caught back up. But we do have some audio issues with this episode. The laptop completely failed to record anything. And the Facebook Live uh, audio only picked up with the cell phone mic. So you might be have to turn this episode up a little bit to hear it. But for your consideration, and please enjoy, I'm Shaken. Psalms 16, if you have your places. One last time I'm going to ask you to stand and respect, respect and reverence the Word of God. We're just going to read one verse, pray and sit back down. We're going to look at verse 8. This is what our message is going to be centered around this I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And the title of the message this morning is, I'm shaken. I'm shaken. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you be with us this morning as we just continue to repair our souls. Lord, just be with us as we recharge and re-motivate and, and get back on track, Lord, and get back serving the King. Lord, I pray that you be with our, our message today. Be with those of us who feel shaken. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm shaken. We've talked about loneliness and anger and helplessness and other things. But today we're going to discuss I'm Shaken. Has there ever been an event in your life that literally shook you to the core? I mean, it just shook you. I mean, maybe somebody lied about you, somebody criticized you, somebody gossiped about you, somebody, somebody betrayed you. And that stuff has happened before. But when it happened this time, it shook me. It hit just a little bit different. It could even be a health diagnosis. It could even be a job situation. A big change in your life. But when it happened, it literally shook you to the core. In 2019, there was a study done that showed that 8% of Americans had so much anxiety that it would be classified as a mental disorder. Well, then 2020 happened. So then we're thinking, they thought, well, we probably need to do this study again. So then they redid the study and found out that now, in 2020, that 8% number went up to 36%. So 36% of people now have anxiety so bad that it technically could classify as a mental disorder. I mean, who's to blame? I mean, we've got, we've got the pandemic, 
we've got political division, we've got racial tension, we've got biased news. No wonder the numbers are worse. No wonder. We are not alone. Did you know there's no shortage of people in the Word of God who were shaken to their core? 2 Kings 6 tells us about a servant of the man of God, Elijah, that he woke up one morning and he walked outside and he saw the armies of Syria had surrounded the city that they lived in and, and it had surrounded them with horses and chariots. And he woke the man of God up and he was, he was hysterical. What are we going to do? He was crying out aloud, what are we going to do? But Elijah... And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes. And as he opened, the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He saw another army surrounding that army. And the mountains were full. The armies of God and chariots of fire surrounding the man of God. <clears throat> Nehemiah had just been reminded afresh of the devastation of his home. He had just been reminded afresh that, his, that Israel, where he grew up, and where, well, where his family grew up, where his ancestors are from, that his, his homeland, the buildings lay in ruins, the gates burnt with fire. And after just being reminded about this, he was so sad and depressed and felt so much anxiety about it that he began to show it on his face. Now, that's normal for me and you. But for Nehemiah to do it, it could cost him his life. See, because when Nehemiah was sad, he was the cupbearer of the king. And he went before the king, and his countenance was sad. And the king looked at Nehemiah and could tell that he was sad. And the thing about it is, is that if you show emotion in front of the king, the king could kill you on a, on a whim, just like that. If he so choose. And so then the king questioned Nehemiah about his sad countenance. And the Bible says that fear washed over Nehemiah. And he just poured his heart out to the king and told the king the truth. But, you know, being shaken caused Nehemiah to make a mistake that could have cost him his life. The Bible says, Jeremiah said... Cursed be the day on which I was born. May the day my mother gave me birth never be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father, saying, A child, a son, has been born to you. So there's no shortage of people in the Bible who have been shaken. There's no shortage of people in the Bible who, who feels like that, who've been shaken to the core by anxiety and worry and fear. You know what I hate? Now they say you're not supposed to hate nothing. You're not, not supposed to hate nobody. But you can hate things. You know what I hate? I hate this phrase, the new normal. Man, I can't stand that junk. I don't want no new normal. I want my old normal. I'm not accepting this new normal mentality. People, people want to feel normal again. People want peace again. Psalm 16, 8 
I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. What can shake us? What can make us shaken? Well, we can be shaken because of joblessness. We can be shaken because of discouragement or disappointments. Or we can be shaken because of death, daily stress, health issues, relational conflict, uh, uh, world events. All these things can shake us to our core. But David said, I will not be shaken. So you don't have to be shaken by these things. David wasn't. David said, I will not be shaken. Why? He said, because I have continually set the Lord before me. His eyes were always on the Lord. His eyes weren't on the Lord occasionally. His eyes weren't on the Lord just when he hit rock bottom. His eyes were on the Lord Always, They were continually fixed on the Lord. We, at our shop, we just got rid of our fax machine. I mean, after all, it is the 21st century. What in the world is a fax? I mean, no one in art was using a fax machine, okay? Let's come, into, let's come into the present, okay? So what I have to do now is I have to get my fleets, which are the accounts that I charge. We have to get these fleet invoices and we have to scan them. At the end of the day, we have to email them. Well, right behind me on a, a table back here is a very nice paper tray. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, the, it's perfect for the job. Yeah, I mean, much more. So this paper tray is perfect. The paper fits. It says fleets on it. And the paper just fits in there so smooth. It's like it was made for paper. <laughs> and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put the fleets in the paper tray. And at the end of the day, scan them and fax them. But the thing is, is that paper tray's behind me. And you ever heard the phrase, out of sight, out of mind? <laughs> and so I would forget to do it. <laughs> and I told my office workers, I want you to take those fleets. And I want you to put them right under the computer monitor where I can see them. Right in front of my face. And if they're right there under the computer monitor, I will not forget them. And guess what? Since we've been doing that, I have not forget to, forgot to email the fleets not one day. Why? Because it's right in front of me. Why do we forget about the Lord? Because he's not right in front of us. Because we have not found a way to keep the Lord right in front of our face. And that's why we get shaken. Because he's not right there. We haven't figured, figured out a way to keep him in front of us to where we're not shaken. And man, it's, it's never fun to get shaken. I, 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 I can remember uh, back in school because this, this I was thinking about the Lord preventing me from getting shaken. And it reminded me of this story back when I was a kid. Uh, in middle school, there was this guy named Eric. Now, I'm not going to call his last name because he might see this one day. And I'm sure he's an upstanding citizen today. But when I was in middle school, Eric was like, he was the head honcho in the school. 
He was, everybody looked to Eric. He was, he was kind of the bully as well because he knew karate. You know them kids that know the, know the karate in school are always the baddest kids. And man, Eric was just the guy. And so one day I'm walking along and somebody jumps on my back and I think it's my buddy Sean. So I throw him off my back and I turn around and look and it's Eric. And man, he's come, he's walking at me with a purpose, like he's gonna roundhouse kick me. And so I start walking, and I'm walking away, and I hit the corner and I, I start running. He doesn't chase me. But for the next couple of weeks, he would just kind of bully me and push me and say things about me. But then there was this another kid there. He was older, he'd been held back a couple of times. His name was Josh. You didn't mess with Josh either. Josh was a rough, Josh was a rough character. But my daddy cut his hair. So Josh looked at me like, oh, I'm gonna protect him because his daddy cuts my hair. Well, one day Eric was picking on me. And Josh got in Eric's Eric's face about it. And man, there was a knockdown, drag out, bloody nose, black eye. Shirt torn fight. After that, guess what? Eric never bothered me again. Because he knew Josh was there to protect me. So guess what? As long as I knew Josh was there, Eric didn't shake me anymore. That's God. In fact, I'm going to show you in a minute where God is, is kind of like our I'll show you that in just a minute when we get to it. But listen, I, I've been shaken before. Stress can shake you up. Drama can shake you up. I mean, we're talking to the point of, of having panic attacks. You know, you can have a panic attack over this. But wouldn't it just be great if we could live our lives with the awareness that God is always on our right hand. Wouldn't it be great if we could just be like that all the time? Listen. Life comes with stress. Life comes with fear. Life comes with anxiety. That, that's part of the package. It, it, it's a it, it, it comes with the territory. These things are normal in life, but we don't have to be shaken by it. You don't have to be shaken by anxiety. You don't have, you can be anxious, but you don't have to live in constant anxiety all the time. So I want to ask you a question this morning. How do we live an unshakable life? And I've got three steps for you. Step number one, run to the right refuge. Run to the right refuge. Let's look at verse 1 in Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. So this word refuge in the Hebrew, it carries with it this idea of a bodyguard. A bodyguard that watches over a king or watches over a president. What we're doing is we are looking to God to keep me. Lord, you keep me safe. I want to talk about that word, safe. I don't know about you, 
last year or more, I have heard the word safe more than I've ever heard in my life. Um, now look, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad that the mask thing is being phased out. Right now, you've got some private businesses that are still requiring it. Look, you know, and if, if a private-owned business asks you to wear a mask, wear it, go shop somewhere else. You know, but, but that's not the real issue here. The real issue is I saw a video the other day of a guy swimming in a public swimming pool with other people wearing a face mask. Lord, help us. Woo, help us with that. But that's, that's, the, that's the world we live in today. But you know what isn't safe? Life isn't safe. I told you about my friend Josh in school. When I, some of you may remember this story, I've told it before, but when I was in college, um, I had a little Toyota pickup truck, it broke down. I had hauled it back to my uncle's junkyard and at the time, Josh, the guy who protected me in school, was working for my uncle. And he went to my Uncle Pat and said, can I buy that truck? And my Uncle Pat said, look, if you fix it, you can have it. So he fixed the truck. He drove it around. It was his truck. He got up one, one Thanksgiving day to go visit his daughter for Thanksgiving in Tyler Town. He was going down 98 Highway, and the cops were chasing Someone who robbed a convenience store who was going the wrong way down 98 Highway hit Josh head on and killed him. Josh didn't know when he woke up that morning it would be his last day on earth. He didn't know that. He didn't know he would never make it to his daughter's house. He didn't know that. Life isn't safe. And death is under. Death is undefeated, but, but. And, and don't get me wrong here, I'm not saying be foolish, but I don't think our kids need to grow up thinking their main mission is to be safe. That's not our main, yes, be safe, but it's not your main mission in life. It's not going to hurt you to drink water from the hose. I mean, man, it's not going to hurt you to do that. Man, listen. Parents today watch their 12-year-olds ride a circle in their driveway when, you know, my papa let 12-year-old me and my 10-year-old cousin drive his truck down the road to Jack's Country Store to buy some stage planks and a pack of camels. Now, if my... Now, I'm just not saying... I'm not saying do that, but... If, and if my mom had ever found that out, my, my, she'd have ripped into my papa, but he was of a different age. My, my papa was born in 1917. It was just a different generation. Okay? But we don't need to teach our kids that, that our main mission in life is to be safe. Because when you do that, people will give up anything for safety. Not only will people give up their freedom, but people will also give up their peace of mind just to be safe. David did not live an unshakable life because he took precautions. David let an lived an unshakable life because he prayed to God to keep himself.
wear a mask for five years. Because it's all about being safe. If masks worked, we'd all wear the mask and nobody would ever get sick anymore. But I'm not sending out masks. That's not what it, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm not here to continue on that, okay? I'm just saying that David prayed to God to keep him safe. And look, I'm not up here saying, but it, it, it's not my job to push you politically one way or another. It's not my job to get up here and give you medical advice. It's my job to preach Christ crucified. Okay? But so, so I'm not saying that if you take precautions, you don't have faith in God. That's not what I'm saying. I have to be careful here. I'm just saying don't let it run your life. Don't let it, don't let precautions run your life. Don't let it consume you. But then there's another side of that. Just because you don't be foolish either. Just because you pray to God to keep you safe doesn't give you permission to go to Dollywood and lick the handrails. Okay, so you know, keep it in, keep it in the middle of the road there, okay? We have to say to God, you keep me safe because you are my refuge. You are my guard. You are my bodyguard. You keep me safe. I trust in my seatbelt. But at the end of the day, God is the one who keeps me safe. You know, that word refuge we read a while ago, the book of Psalms, it uses refuge a lot. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I want you to notice that personal pronoun, our. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's not just your parents' refuge. He's your refuge. It's not just your pastor's refuge. He's your refuge. He's your strength. Do you know God like that? Like he is personally the one who's responsible for keeping you safe and watching out for you. And when is God ready to help? God is always ready to help. He's instantly ready to help. He's ready to help you before the trouble comes because he knows the trouble is coming. And no matter the size either, he'll help you with the little stuff. He'll help you with the big stuff. And he'll help you with everything in between. But we have to go to God and say, God, it's your responsibility. I'm asking you to help keep me safe. Because, man, if I have to keep myself safe, if that's all that I'm trusting in, I'm going to worry myself to death. Because I know there are things out of my control, but there is nothing out of God's control. Yeah. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Have you poured out your heart to God lately? Who have you poured your heart out to? Man, we like to pour our hearts out to our girlfriends. We pour our hearts out to our boyfriends. 
and we pour our hearts out to our best friends, to our BFFs, and we pour our hearts out to them. We'll pour our heart out to a therapist, but when's the last time you poured your heart out to God? He is your refuge. Pour your heart out to Him. Man, we talk to everybody else except God. We talk to everybody else. When trouble happens in your life, who you run to first is your refuge. Who you run to first is your refuge. When you get hurt, where's the first place you go? That is who your refuge is. Psalm 16, 4. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God, little g God, will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. There are two things we get from that verse. Number one, there's only one God. There's only one true, real God. And number two, other gods, other false gods, other idol gods will ruin you. They will ruin you. And I'm not just talking about other religions either. We can make anything an idol. We can make anything a false god. Maybe your false god is fornication. So when something happens in your life, that's where you run. Straight to fornication. Maybe a god in your life is pornography. So when something happens in your life, that's where you go. Maybe you've made money your god. And you are under the impression that just making a little more money will solve all your problems, and it won't. If money solved problems, rich people would not kill themselves. Billionaires would not end their lives. If money fixed your problem, it's not about money. You need to quit making money a God. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend is God in your life. When you run to those other little G-gods first, you're going to ruin your relationship with the true God. We need to make him our refuge. And don't run to the bottle. And don't run to pills. Make him our refuge. Number two... We need to check our intake. We need to check our intake. Uh, verse 5 in Psalm 16. The Lord is my portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. David is saying, Lord, you're my cup. You ever see those commercials? What's in your wallet? Well, I'm asking this morning, what's in your cup? What is filling you up? What fills you? What do you allow inside? Your word of mouth. People would get the news by word of mouth or, or, even, or even the newspaper. Okay? You had to wait the next day to get today's news. But not anymore. Now it's the tip of your finger. All day, every day. Let me tell you something. You, will, you were never meant to carry the weight of the world in your back pocket. 
You're never meant to carry the weight of the world in your back pocket. No wonder you have so much anxiety. No wonder. God can't fill you with peace if you fill yourself with fear. Input determines output. What you take in will come out. What you take in in private will come out in public. When I was a kid, you got 30 minutes of the news. The, the news started, it was from 10 to 10.30, and then Carson come on. Yes, I remember Johnny Carson. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, I, I, look, you got 30 minutes of the news, 10 to 10.30, and that's it. But there was no other option, but not anymore. Now you can get it 24 hours a day. You can turn it on. You don't ever have to turn it off. You, it can be on the radio. It can be on the podcast. It, 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 it can be on your phone. It can be everywhere. But then, you know, these new iPhones... That, that, that came out, they have a new feature. My iPhone's over there, but if I had my iPhone, you press this button here and this button here, and you hold them together, and then a slide bar will pop up. It says power off. And you slide it that way, and the phone turns off. Wow. <laughs> Look, every once in a while, turn the phone off. The other day, the sink was full of water. I dropped my phone in the sink. But you ever see those karate guys that was like, they get the fish and they go, and they get the fish out of the barrel? I mean, my phone barely touched the water and I was like, and I got that phone. I think just the speakers got in it, but it was enough to like knock my phone out. I couldn't charge my phone for a day. But then it was a peaceful day without my phone. I'm going to start turning my phone off more often. Look, everyone wants to turn the TV off. Get your kids and sit at the kitchen table. Clear the papers off the kitchen table. And, and sit at the kitchen table and have dinner with the TV off. And when you get done with dinner, play Monopoly. You got young kids, play Candyland. Okay? Play shoots and ladders. Alright, spend that time with your family. And then, when you do go back to the TV, don't turn on the news. Turn on the Andy Griffith show. Because even though really he kind of lies every episode to fix every situation, it's still a good show. And just watch the black and white ones. Don't watch the ones in color because they don't have Barney and Barney Listen, God can't fill you with peace if you fill yourself with fear. Now, I don't watch the news. I really only watch the news whenever it's an election cycle. And I've had people tell me to say, Brett, you're putting your head in the sand. And I don't think so. Jesus went out for 40 days into the wilderness. I don't think he got his, the Israeli journal delivered to him daily. It's okay to step back. Limit your all I'm saying today. Limit your intake. And then number three, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. 16 verse 8 and 9. I have set the Lord continually before me, 
because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. Anxiety is a meteor shower of what ifs. That's all it is. It's a what if. Man, what if I'm going down the road and that tire is a little low of air and what if the tire blows and I'm late to my meeting and then I lose the account and then what if I don't get the promotion and what if my kids don't get into a good school and, and what if and, and what if they don't get the good job and, 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 and what if my grandkids, my future unborn grandkids are on the side of the road and they're homeless all because my tire blew out. It's just a series, that's all it is, it's just what ifs. And you want to know the difference between fear and anxiety? Here it is. Fear sees a threat, anxiety imagines one. That's the difference between fear and anxiety. Anxiety imagines the threat. And listen to me, anxiety will take your breath away. Anxiety will shut you down. Psalm 37, 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Anxiety will twist your body up into an emotional pretzel. It'll even affect you physically. Your breathing will get sporadic. You will begin to sweat. Your blood pressure goes up. Your sleep goes away. A study has shown that high school kids of today have enough, have so much anxiety that if the same amount of anxiety that our high school kids have today, a 1950s adult had, that 1950s adult would be put in an, in an institution. Why? What did, what did the 1950s have that we don't have today? Um, Psalm 16, 8, 8. I have set the Lord continually before me. He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I was thinking about this. That, I, don't know, that I saw a video the other day, and it was on a lake. And I've been to summer camps that have these things. But it's this big inflatable pillow on a lake. And you climb up on top of a diving board, and you jump down, and you go to the edge. And then somebody else jumps on the other end, and man, you go up in the air. Well, they have this one in a camp. It's called the block, okay? And this one kid got on the edge of it, and his dad got up on top of the diving board. And his dad was an ex-professional football player. So this dude is stout, okay? He's built. Okay, he jumps on one end of the block, and his 12-year-old's on the other end, and man, he goes up in the air for some good hang time. I mean, he, he was up there for an eternity. And you know what it got me to thinking? The bigger your father is, the higher you fly. How big is your God today? Ephesians 4, 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and in all, and that sounds like a big God to me. Psalms 121.1 1. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. 
From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And man, all we want to do is we want to look at our feet. We want to look where we're going. We want to look at our circumstances. Look up. Look up at him. Look at the creator. Look at the mountain. He's your refuge. He's the creator. He is, he is the one who gives us help. That's where my help comes from. How often do we pray, Lord, help us. Help me, Lord. Help me. Where does my help come from? It comes from God. I'm going to keep going back to Psalm 16, 8, and 9 because it's the center of this message. I have set the Lord continually, continually before me. He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. I want to read you verse 9 in the NIV. This is what the NIV says in verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. When you speak gratitude, it does something to your brain. Now, anxiety will shut your brain down. But gratitude has the opposite effect. How often does your tongue rejoice? How often does it rejoice? Over the mundane things. I'm not talking about just rejoicing because you got the promotion. Not just rejoicing because you got the check in the mail that pays the bill. I'm talking about over the little stuff. Sometimes I'll have a book and I'll open a book and it'll go right to the page I want to go to. How often do we thank God for the little stuff? We need to praise God for everything, even the little things. Praise God for the things that you wouldn't normally praise him for. When the kids get on your nerves, thank God you got kids to get on your nerves. I'm serious. We need to thank. It'll change our perspective on life.
You will make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Many years later, Peter will stand up and he will preach a message. It will be the first post-Jesus message ever preached. It's the first message preached after Jesus ascends. And you know what Peter preaches from? He preaches from Psalm 16. And he says that Psalm 16 is about Jesus. Now, we've read a lot of that psalm this morning, and I didn't see Jesus' name not mentioned once. But Peter says right there where it says the faithful one, Peter said that's about Jesus. And that if you put your faith in Jesus, you will live forever. And let me tell you something. It's hard to live an unshakable life without Jesus Christ. I'm assuming everybody in here today is saved, but I don't really need to assume that. If you're in here today and you don't know that Jesus is your Savior and you've never put your faith and trust in Him, there's no way you can live an unshakable life. You need to become a child of God. And you need to accept Him as Savior. But maybe you're in here today and you are saved. Maybe you're in here today and, you know, you are a child of God. And maybe you're still shaken. It's okay. It happens. But you see, when you know he's with you, you will not be shaken. Keep him ever before you. Keep gratitude on your lips. That will chase that anxiety away. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be fearful. It comes with life. But you don't have to be shaken by it. Let's start living. Thank you.